0: Hello everybody and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh and today I'm going to be talking about The Frugal Wizard's Handbook for Surviving Medieval England by Brandon Sanderson. So that's Portal to the Magic of Books. Now let's first, uh, just in case you aren't familiar, this is one of Brandon Sanderson's newest books. This is one of the the second secret project book that he wrote during the COVID pandemic and it is quite a mouthful to say The Frugal Wizard's Handbook for Surviving Medieval England but I had a really fun time with it and while it is lighthearted and kind of fun i think it has some pretty good lessons and like not morals to take from it or like lessons you can learn from it while reading it so i think it really fits in this nice like yes it's fun you can give it to anybody but if you kind of dig a little bit you can totally see some more important things about it. um first off this is no spoiler but i just i think the cover is hilarious because it's the outline of a guy Kind of in like a portal type thing or like a a beam of light and he's got a book in one hand and a gun in the other hand and if you look really close his face has the cheesiest like most rascally smile like you've ever seen so it is just super fun cover and i really liked it and i think we're just gonna have to get into some spoilers and start talking about the plot and everything because it's kind of tough to talk about this book without talking about what's actually inside of it we could talk a little bit about the writing i think it was really good it's his still clear pane window glass that he likes to do i i can't find fault i don't ever have an issue with his pros. I know some people do and and that's a topic for a whole different discussion that I I don't really want to have because pros and what it is to people is just so subjective i really prefer the window pane clear glass and other people don't so we're just gonna gloss over that for right now i can't it doesn't bother me so let's just get into the plot here let's talk about the plot our main character shows up in a field burn marks and he doesn't have his memory and i thought this was actually a pretty good amnesia story as it goes along because he does start getting his memory back right away well not right away but every so often he'll remember something he'll do something to remember something and then i like that he builds like he's like okay i remember I did this one thing, I'm going to build my entire life around this. Ah, I was with a cop once. Therefore, that's everything. That's who I am. I'm a cop for sure. No, I'm not. Okay, well, I, I'm good at drawing, so I must be a really good artist. And no, it's not. And I like that he kept trying to find things. And oh, just throughout the entire book, he's always, till the very end, he's always rating things. And I thought that was awesome and just funny, you know? hmm I just woke up in this field with no memory three out of five stars that is not fun and one of the other characters this is full spoilers remember so you know his friend Ryan is like you have to stop rating things you're always rating everything and he's like he's like you're bringing stuff down you're trying to rate it and it's like I'm not rating he's like I'm not rating it because I'm judging it or trying to be mean about it I just want to find out what I like and if I like it then I don't have to rate it anymore because I'll know I like it you know but he's like I just don't I don't know what I like to do because I haven't he's not really done anything and so I was like I totally relate to that like sometimes when you're in a spot where you're just like I don't know who I am or what I like or like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing and it's like I'm just going to you know was that fun? Yeah, not really. So I'm going to give it a low rating. I totally understood and sympathized with him on that. I did not think it was bad. It was more funny. It's probably more geared to us, but it was still really good. All right, so let's get back to the plot. He is uh, captured by some locals. They think he's an elf or a an elf or an elf or, you know, a mystical creature. He kind of tries to trick them. Doesn't work. They all one of them, Sefawin, she thinks he he is a, a con man and he's like why are you doing this why aren't you grifting somewhere else that has a little bit more money then it turns out he is he hears of some other travelers who have also portaled in i forgot to mention he has a book with him or the remains of a book the frugal wizard's handbook to surviving medieval england and so we know that he has traveled here into dementia like through a portal it's kind of an offshoot of our world that just has not progressed as much or slower and they're able to go to it and then come back and forth right so that's how we get where we're going he meets he sees that there are some you know he learns that there are some other people from his uh, dimension his world that are here he's like oh these, will, these people will help me then he sees them and he remembers that they hate him and they want to kill him and he's like oh crap i gotta hide and then you know as we get the pieces it turns out that's part of his former gang where he was kind of their doorman and they kind of owned him and paid you know so he's trying to figure this out it comes up that the only reason that he randomly picked a world the only world that ulric the which i, I thought ulric uh storm fan is just hugely reminiscent of the skyrim character ulfram stormborn no, it's storm cloak So I was like, every time I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this is like—it feels like a Skyrim reference to me," and I liked it. I just thought that was a lot of fun. So we're going through this world. We're learning about the Whites, these little spirits that will go around and do favors for you. They'll take things apart or fix things if you leave them out an offering and kind of make them a deal. Turns out, uh, our main character, who we learn his name is John West. Everybody calls him Johnny. Is he's. Kind of being haunted by one that's kind of following him around, and other places aren't liking it, or other whites aren't liking it because they're usually more uh, solitary. And so it becomes his goal to just, you know, get the portal technology away from Ulrich and get back to his world. He thinks first, you know, he thinks he's an artist, and he's like, oh, cool, no, I'm not an artist. And he's like, oh, I'm a cop. You know, I found the last page, it says I'm a cop on the back. I must be here to arrest Ulrich. And that's why I know so much about this gang organization. I'm not a gang member, I'm a cop. Nope, turns out he was the gang, ma- gang member very low you know not really nobody likes him though so let's just talk i'm going to talk i'm going to skip over the plot for a little bit they go through they do some fights they figure some stuff out they meet up with ryan they try and save the world they try to stop the Ulrich from, from taking over they kind of do and then the hardiman the vikings kind of come in and they have to stop that and then at the end that's the end and they've kind of saved the day so but i really like that this book let's see if we talk about john he is a, a very flawed person, a very flawed character. He has no... He's, he feels like he's good at nothing. And I think the book is really good at showing that even though he doesn't think he's good at things, he is good at a lot of things. You know, he's obviously good at rating things. He's good at making friends. And hes he has the opportunity to always be making himself better and as soon as he kind of gets rid of his memories and his thoughts then he is able to start making himself better and he's he's able to choose and to change yourself and I think that's kind of one of the main things of this book is that you can be better you can change you're never locked in it's never too late you can always move forward Uh, another thing that this book really exemplifies I thought was bravery you know for Seth Allen she is she feels like she's a crook because she her she knows her loosings and her bindings don't really do anything because she has no you know power. Now whether that falls on her fault or on Woden's fault for the god for not helping her, that's up to to interpretation, right? But at the very end she is confident and she's convicted and she's like, no, I am not going to just let these people come in and take over. I'm going to be brave. And she shouts her defiance and she screams. It was such an amazing scene. And the artwork in the book depicting that scene and depicting some of the other scenes is really good. I thought it was very well done. But just screaming that she defies him and then, oh, that was a little bit of a gruesome scene, right? When the uh, vikings are coming in and one comes to attack her and one of the lands white after she uh, proclaims and they're the whites are starting to get courage right all it takes is one person to kind of start standing up and doing something good and then other people can follow the light winds up and like evaporate like takes apart his sword and disassembles it as he's swinging it so it doesn't do anything and then it crawls in him and disassembles him that it was very good imagery right there for me i was like oh that is a creepy picture that i do not want to see anymore i'm going to keep reading past this and hope i don't see it again so it was it was very well done and i'm talking about these important things like it is so critical and crucial to these characters that they all are going through this change at least sephoen and john or runian as he's chosen to be called and at the same time this book balances a very funny thing it's got very serious moments and still very funny moments he is able to help other people he saves eastland using his nanites and he's like hey wait this is something i can actually do like I love yeah I love that he talks about how he's like oh yeah I'm from the future and I have all these uh, advanced knowledges and he's like yeah but I can't really do anything with them like I know about a computer but I can't build a computer I can't make a computer work you know so it's just funny it's just like oh yeah I can't actually use all this knowledge that I have I mean I can kind of he's like I can kind of but not really and he's like what can I do to help these people oh yeah my nanites I can use them to heal I really like that I thought it was a lot of fun just a moment it's, it's uh it starts to serious and then it gets real funny when he's like oh I have to leave Because, you know, uh, people's presence, because we're too solid or too real, you know, hurts the world and can kill the whites. And he's like, well, I'm going to have to go die. And so he is talking to trope who is logna the god of monsters which was just funny i did not see that coming because everybody's like oh yeah she's like a, a crazy witch and he's like i don't really believe in witches and she talks to him and she's like oh yeah i'm just a crazy old lady and since i've made it this long everybody just assumes there's something magical and mystical going about me and so they leave me alone And he's like oh that makes sense so you like lean into it and you play up the magic and the mystery and the, the weirdness and she's like oh yeah totally and then it turns out she is a god the god you know the wooden sister and one of the you know, bigger gods and he's like did everybody know about this but me and they're like yeah she's Logna, the god of monsters the Ender of, the bringer of the end of times and he's like how did I not know this but to our other thing when he's trying to be serious and he's talking to her he's like I have to go and he tries to like drown himself in the river because he can't swim and he falls into the water and it's only two feet deep and so he like sits right back up and he's like oh and she's laughing and I'm laughing because it's just so funny he's trying to be serious and, and that's that's how it is. Sometimes when you are trying to be serious and thoughtful and smart and something doesn't go exactly right, it's just hilarious and so funny. So I like that scene Then he's like oh wait, I don't actually have to leave. I just have to keep wandering. He basically dedicates his life to living there. So good. So let's let's talk about some characters here. We've kind of hit the plot for a lot of parts and the atmosphere a little bit or the writing for a little bit. Let's talk about our characters. I like that we get a little bit of a comparison between John and Ryan and it's something I noticed. It, it, well, it's explicitly explicitly state is that everybody calls him Johnny, but he never introduces himself as Johnny. He always says, my name is John, like I'm John, but everybody just shortens it to Johnny. And that's uh, a little bit of a derogatory thing for him because he's like, can't even get my name. And even his friend, Ryan, and his ex-girlfriend, Jen, who pretended to die so she could go infiltrate Ulrich's uh, gang organization, which I was like, I I knew something was going on. As soon as we met Ryan and they're talking about Jen a little bit, I was like, "Uh, something's going on with Jen. She probably faked her death. Not a big call, right? Because it was like two chapters later and it's revealed. But it's good enough for me to call it, so I did. Now, what I didn't call was that she was cheating on him the whole time with Ryan, who is, like, the perfect emblem of uh, the perfect person in his life. You know, always friendly, always smart, capable at everything. Oh, and in regards to that, I love the conversation they have where he's like, Ryan is telling Johnny, John, you have to take... At responsibility. You messed up your own life. It's all your fault. And he's like, I agree that like I am to blame partially for my actions, but how much of it is also just the world and the system and everything that happens? Like I got in trouble once, and then the next time they assumed it was my fault. You know, I lost. I lost this, and then I lost the next thing, and then by little by little, you start to believe maybe I don't deserve to win the thing. I can't win the thing, and that just pushes you into a circle and a cycle, which is it's very valid. It, like he says, I it's not 100 percent the world's fault, and it's not 100 percent his fault. It's just a mix. That's life, right? If everything hadn't gone so good for Ryan, would he be in the exact same spot he was? Would he still be the optimistic person he was if, if he had had more? He had challenges, but I hope you understand what I mean when I say that he had challenges and opportunities for success and that he was able to succeed there. So I like that line. That was um, a nice heartfelt moment, but it's still just like, man, John, you, your friends suck. Like... <laughs> They just, they don't care about you. They don't like try and support you. They don't try to build you up. They're just like, yep, that's John. He sucks. So I'm glad that he was able to get some real friends and see what real friendship was like, even though he didn't really know his memory, have his memories and that he's able to build on that. And he did fundamentally change who he was. He went from being, I can't do anything. I am the worst. I suck to being like, no, I can do things and I can be brave and I can make my own decisions and choose for myself, right? He wasn't locked into those choices anymore. And then I thought, of course, I mean, we have the Lanch episode, uh, the Sanderlanch or the uh, avalanche of Sanderson at the very end of the book. It was the same as always, just a mad dash to the end, and you can't help but hold on and, and uh, laugh and have fun with it. But I love the uh, the ending where they're going, uh, Sefowin and Runyan or John are gotten together. They're telling stories. They're going around. And every night, Logna comes in and gets on his laptop and starts reading about all of the, uh, the next world. And we learn that she actually, because this is a point. Oh, okay, we're, I'm going to skip. I'm going to move, remember something for afterwards but turns out that she has swam upstream from other realities that were further down which we've been told explicitly isn't possible that you can't go from a lower dimension to a higher dimension because you're not real enough or phys- or like uh, you could say spiritually dense enough. Now we're not going to get into any spiritual realm because this is a non-cosmere book. But that's a little bit of what it felt like. And we learned that she has actually moved upstream until she got to that world and now she's stuck. And she's learning about portal repair. And I'm like, oh boy, this is gonna be interesting. Like this, it, it's a standalone. Of course, this is a standalone, but it totally like leaves it open almost for like new new books. I don't think there will be any, but it, it gives you something to think about in your mind and to envision and I like that that we learn all this we learn this at the very end that they moved up and they are wanting to keep moving up and go to like the highest spot this gave me a little bit of shivers but in a good way so and I love that this was like the one world in all of the portals that have ever been like tested that actually have magic or whites. just hilarious overall I'd have to say I really like the plot I like the book I thought this was a really good amnesia plot something that I think can be done well and I can see it being done I've seen it done very poorly and in the end i'm glad that i read this book i think everybody should give it a chance and read it and think about it it has some some good messages and some deep messages even when you're just looking at the surface level and i think that's all i really have to to talk about the frugal wizard's handbook for surviving medieval england oh i remembered what i wanted to talk about a few seconds ago i'm sorry i almost forgot every chapter we're given parts of the frugal wizard's handbook for surviving medieval england which had exploded on his context because writing's been forbidden in this world for temporarily at least for now And it's the parts we get are just so funny. Can I have a realm of talking bananas? No. You can't. It's like, but you said anything goes. It's like, well, it, the book explains it. It's like our narrow band of uh, portals that we've bought or using is, is this and this. And it's likely, it's possible, but it's very unlikely. And the way we test for portals, it's just, it's hilarious the whole time. And you've gotten these nice little drawings kind of uh, showing things that are going on and things you can do. It's awesome. I love those little drawings in the books and reading the handbook as he gets pieces of it and is remember is learning it. It, it just brings this nice levity of almost a reset even. And the difficult parts so funny like the handbook has got to be one of the funniest parts of this book but that is going to wrap up my discussion of the frugal wizards Handbook for surviving medieval england by brandon sanderson thanks to listening everybody thanks to david Hillowitz for the intro and outro music and if you have any questions or comments please send them to libromancypod at gmail.com please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and remember to portal to the magic of books